podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Naishad Gadani coming to you from Melbourne. And today is 165th episode of Career Care Package. And on today's episode, we are tackling a very important and seasonal topic of confidence. It's a topic that almost all of us need. It's a thing that we all, almost all of us need, which includes my son who learned to ride uh, a bike last week. And, um, you know, he said, Dad, but what if I fall down? And what if this happens? And as a parent, I needed to give him a shot of confidence. It's fine. You know, I'm, I'm here. Don't worry about it. And sooner or later, once he got that confidence, he also found a balance as well. So I think confidence is such, I I remember a quote by someone said that it was around motivation, but you know, that you need, the way you take shower every day, you need to motivate yourself every day. You know, it's something like that. But to help us really unpack this interesting discussion, I've got a Feng. And how do I know Feng? Because we studied together and she's been exceptionally helpful to me into unpacking some of the studies that we have done. So it's been absolute pleasure to invite you, Fung, on this platform of Career Care Package. So welcome. Thank you, Nation. Thanks so much for having me. Congratulations on the 165th episode as well. That's amazing. Um, I think a lot of people out there have really needed um, this Career Care um, platform that you're delivering this year. So, um, yeah, congratulations on reaching this milestone and all the excellent work um, that you do. I'm excited to be here today. Um, a little bit nervous as well, um, but as you identify, confidence is one of those things that um, unfortunately you don't have for life. Um, it sort of comes and goes and it's very situational. So I'm glad to hear that you're able to step in um, and support your son and he's well on his way with uh, his bike, it sounds. Um, so I might introduce myself to everyone Please. who is um, listening in today. Um, Obviously, we know each other through uni and I'll share a little bit more about my background and history. So I'm currently a content writer for a recruitment agency. Um, I have close to 15 years in recruitment, um, agency and in-house, working on IT roles, marketing roles, operations, customer service, sales, um, pretty much all of it, entry level through to senior management level. Um, In addition to the uh, content writing that I do, I am studying career development education as well, um, post-grad certifications with NAISH, and I have written a book on confidence. Um, So along with my friends, and I'll do a little cheeky plug, um, we've written a a children's book uh, called Confident Coco, um, and it's aimed at children. Um, And it's really looking at how do we help them tap into um, 
positive mindsets and in particular confidence in, in this particular scenario because with confidence I believe there's a lot of things that um, children can achieve um, and, and individuals can achieve as well. So that's a little bit about me and I'm really looking forward to talking more about this topic today. No, excellent, Funga. I think that that's absolutely right. I really like that uh, the title of the book, Confident Coco, because uh, you know, and and it's it's really important to know that you know even children's storybook to even adults also we also find it interesting. I think a lot of lot of uh, you know the things that uh, that I get inspired by when I started to to um, you know in adult life I would go back and look at some of those literatures you know specifically in Indian context and say yeah you know I I read about that story even when I was at. Uh, you know in in primary or secondary school but now when i see that i see that in an absolute different light altogether because of my lived experience and everything else mm -hmm. so so fun you know and also for those of you who have joined us balin welcome punam welcome yes absolutely we are all enjoying relaxation as you can see me and fung are also into summer clothing as well yeah. I didn't decide to wear white, but uh, you know, I think you know we've, we've we've worked out that it's it's the need of the hour. But if you think that anybody else in your network, for, you know, who would benefit from it, please uh, take them here. And as as always, please keep sending your questions as well. So Punam's got uh, that. Uh, where do I get this book? I need it for my kids. So before we finish, Punam, uh, you know, we will make sure that we'll put a link of where you can buy this book as well uh but th that's fantastic you know, you know if you want to get it for your kids that would be awesome so let's dig into the topic Very much appreciated no um, absolute pleasure thanks for, thanks right. for that question <laughs> all right let's let's dig into the topic so last six months specifically i think we have seen you know pretty pretty dreadful circumstances around mm. covid and specifically we have also you know observed that throughout our career care package linkedin live sessions as well that there's just too much pain out there for job seekers right now you know you know having their hours reduced to having lost the jobs and everything else what are some of your observations of how people are dealing with when it comes to confidence or bouncing back or thinking mm -hmm. a little bit differently what are some of your observations from yeah i think it's been um i guess an interesting and unprecedented year to say the least um i think unemployment rates are 6.9 percent at the moment um compared to 5.3 percent last year um, i think we attended a webinar together in which ivan neville spoke um he works for a government department that looks at um, the labor market analysis and research um, and unfortunately he painted quite a grim picture um, in relation to job prospects um, that's just the, what the data is telling us and unfortunately um, people are competing for less jobs and there there are more people looking um, people have unexpectedly lost their job um, and it's it's a tough transition for anyone if we look at students um, there was a report by the Foundation of Young Australians which is a great organization they um, they're not profitable not for profit and they advocate for young people so if there are any young people students out there looking to transition they've got great resources um, and they did a study two years ago in 2018 um, and they tracked I think 14,000 people over 10 years and found that by the time they reached 25 half of them still hadn't um, found work full-time work 
um, despite I think 60% of them having um, post-school um, qualifications. So going on to TAFE or in uni, et cetera. So if you look at the context of where we, we are looking at students, it was already it was already quite challenging for them to find work. Um, and now we're in a situation where the pandemic has um, created this sort of turmoil, turmoil for people who may identify um, through work and part of who they are is identified through having work and being in a role and unexpected losing that so I guess the impact is definitely on their their confidence and they're taking probably longer to find work given the current climate um, and they're perhaps not getting a lot of feedback because the market is so um, inundated with talent that the recruiters can't keep up and provide them with meaningful feedback or timely feedback so it's a little bit of a black hole in terms of the application as well um, so I think yeah overall it's it's and it's not um, for all roles and across all industry, but generally speaking, it's a tough year to be looking for work and to be transitioning um, from uni or from TAFE into the to the employment um, market as well, which is always a difficult transition. Um, but I think it's just COVID has added a, a level of a challenge there, definitely. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, people who felt disadvantaged, you know, not necessarily you know, young people, but also young people of color to even, uh, you know, migrants, international graduates, people who are, you know, traditionally been disadvantaged in the employment market. I think they've gone back in the line. And that's the that's the impact of that. Um, that I think we rarely recognize that, that the, you know, the, the wall that they have to climb now has probably doubled in size in just last mm -hmm. six months. Um, you know, yeah. so so tell us one about the confidence and um, mm -hmm. what. How do you really figure out that you are losing that confidence, right? Yeah. Or is it just the skill of looking for work, or is it confidence? Uh, you know, how do you kind of determine that? Uh, you know, uh, how do you make that distinction between the skill? Mm -hmm of looking for work or you sometimes lack the confidence? Yeah, um, I'll go back to and just talk uh, broadly about confidence because you made a really great point um, in relation to the analogy of the wall and it just seems to be getting higher for people. Um, confidence is a funny thing because with job hunting and looking for work, you really need it to be successful. But the more you look and in the context of this year and the environment that people are trying to find work in, it makes it difficult and really challenging to maintain that confidence. And as a recruiter, um, you're automatically looking for that in people um, because it, I think, conveys uh, that ability to execute their role. So automatically, if you're not projecting confidence, you're already on a back foot, the back foot. Um, and confidence really underpins really all job search activities. So if you're applying for a job and you don't have the confidence to put in an application, if you're going for an interview and you're not confident, if you're having a telephone screen and you're not confident, it, it all sort of links and imp potentially impacts your opportunity to be um, successful. Um, so I, I just wanted to, to highlight that. And I think the analogy of the wall just getting higher is, is a great one. Um, to answer your question in relation to, I guess, recognising confidence and how it sort of all ties in and relates, it, it might be helpful to perhaps um, look at the definition of confidence. Um, so if I have confidence in you, Naish, um, then I trust you. I trust uh, that you'll follow through. I trust your word. I trust your abilities. 
Um, and then if I'm self-confident, then I trust myself and my ability. So I guess tied in with that is a sense of self-belief. Um, it is a sense of trusting um, that I can, if I do something, an, an, an outcome that I want to happen, if I apply for a job, I'll, I'll get the job. And then if we don't have confidence, we start to, to lose hope. And um, for the people out there, they may recognise that they have those moments. So it could be you start to second guess yourself. Um, you start to lose self-belief. You start to trust in your ability to apply for a job or can I even do that job? And so it's really easy to fall into that pattern when you don't hear back or when you constantly get um letters or emails to, to advise you've been unsuccessful for opportunities. So hopefully that's answered your, your question. <laughs> well, that's right. I agree. I agree. And I, I think we have seen, I was talking to a recruiter uh, probably last month, and she said that uh, for one application, she for one job, I think she received around 350 applications. Yeah. And and she says that this is uh, 200 plus applications has become quite normal. Uh, in these circumstances. Now, all of them may not even meet the requirement, but I guess that everyone is, when they look at specific job role, they might just end up applying, uh, you know, for those roles. So I think, I think that shatters the confidence of job seekers, isn't mm -hmm. it? You receive, like, you know, I, I'll tell you an incident, we applied for a grant with us, you know, uh, with a startup uh, fund. And as soon as I received the email, first initial thing, I'm not scrolling through that. I'm just scrolling through there is a there's something says but, and I'm scrolling <laughs> for that but because I know that that's what it will be. And I think that you know, so so it has been such for people that uh, even they are receiving these emails and suddenly say, you know what, I know what's going to be in this email. Otherwise, I would have received a phone call. Otherwise, I would have received a different email but as soon as i open up the email i said nah unfortunately but this mm. time and that just stands out for people right you know it's like it gives that you know again and again you you, you feel that what are your how would people deal with this kind yeah. of you know just yeah. just sheer frustration and mm. and you know in the marketplace where you are looking at uh you know that you've got a gatekeeper to go past and you can't even talk to the gatekeeper you can't talk to anyone no human involved right yeah. how do you what are your suggestions to people yeah. to really deal with that rejection right there yeah yeah and it's a, it's a difficult one it's a challenging one the good thing i think with confidence is as easily as you can lose it you can gain it as well um and so for example say um i'm delivering a presentation or I'm doing public speaking. If I am talking about something I'm passionate about or I, I know um, the topic well, then I'm more likely to be confident. Um, but there's also steps that I can take um, in relation to public speaking that's gonna increase my confidence. I could speak to um, people like yourself who, who speak um, often and, and get some tips. I can prepare, I can make notes. So with confidence, similarly, um, there are steps that you can take to, to boost it. So I've been thinking about, obviously, for um, our conversation, how do I um, provide some suggestions that are meaningful to um, a lot of people and then most people? Um, ideally, I'd love to speak to people individually and understand what their current situation is um, and then how do we navigate 
um, the barriers that they may be facing and, and tailor a little bit more of a specific plan to them. Unfortunately, on this forum, we can't do that. Um, and so I've got a few suggestions that I'm hoping are going to be broad enough that they are applicable to a number of people. So I've got five. I thought I'll stick with five and it's nice and easy to remember. Um, so I'll go through them and feel free to sort of interrupt me and ask questions or if anyone has questions, um, just sing out and I'm happy to sort of stop and talk more about them or give some examples, etc. But the first one I think is to know your strengths because there's a lot of things that happen when you're looking for work that you can't control. But what you can control is I think what you should focus on. Um, and so knowing your strengths means that you can come back to it and it's quite practical in terms of the job searching process itself. Um, and so I recommend writing down five things that, you're, that you believe are your strengths. Um, and so you should be able to, if I were to ask you, or someone were to ask you, what are your top five strengths? You should really be able to rattle them off um, automatically. That's where you want to get to if you're not already there. And so that's going to help you with your CV. That's going to help you with phone interviews. It's going to help you with face-to-face -face interviews. It's going to help you with networking conversations, being able to do this. On the flip side, when you do get that rejection, unsuccessful communication, email, phone, whatever it may be, that it enables you to build some resilience because you go back and you remind yourself, these are my strengths. Um, this is what I can do. This is what I can offer. On this occasion, um, it wasn't recognised or they found someone who was a better fit, whatever it may be, but that doesn't change my strengths. It doesn't change what I've got to offer. And so I will take that and I'll continue on with my next application. So I think that's really important um, to do. And keeping your strengths front of mind um, also allows you to continue to build on that because you're not a static person and you continue to grow and evolve and learn. And so by identifying your strengths, you are continually scanning the environment. So say you're, you're, you're strong in terms of organisational skills. And so you've done something that day that really highlights that, captures that. And that could be something that you weave into your CV or a networking conversation or an interview, et cetera. And so I think that's a really great starting point um, in terms of boosting your, your confidence. Can I say something? Because I think that's a, it's a great way to reflect on. Um, one of the things that I did uh, from when I was uh, changing my career back in 2009 was I took a strength finder test um you know and it came with very crystal clear five signature strengths and i can rattle them off even now because it was a scientific uh, reflection of, of my lived experience my work and my life and everything else uh, but but there was such such a great experience for me and whenever i feel like i can always go back and read that document because that document did not say that connectedness is one of your strength, but it also gave an explanation of what do they mean by connectedness? Where mm. do you thrive? And just reading those 10, 15 lines gave, gave me you know, an idea of, you know what, I've failed here, but I've also got something here too. I've got something to hang on to because science says that I'm good with certain kind of you know, skills or this is where my strengths are. Secondly, from one of the things that has helped me whenever I feel uh, you know, low down, which is 23 hours in a day, is to really go back and check some of the recommendations that I've received on LinkedIn, which has always worked for me. Because you know, sometimes it does happen that you know, you, I'm trying hard with a 
particular set of clients and they are not breaking through and you know they're still struggling and then i start to doubt whether my coaching is making any difference or not or whether am i effective or not and then i go back and check some of those recommendations and read them and say you know what i'm 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 okay i think i've, I've because there is a social proof out there that says that i have been effective with uh, with these cases as well but these clients are not effective let me rethink my strategy let me help them rethink so these are this is one particular exercise on the same line that yeah, you're talking about Hong. yeah because i think it, it comes down to collecting evidence so you've got all of these unsuccessful applications applications where you never hear back from and then that starts to potentially build a case for um not being able to find work or not being able to work in a particular industry or role and then that impacts your confidence. And so if you're collecting evidence as you've done through your LinkedIn recommendations that suggest that you are good at your job and um, et cetera, uh, you've got great relationship connectedness, connectedness skills, um, then that's obviously gonna build evidence in a case for, for something else and that's gonna help boost your, your confidence. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely related. Um, so I'll, I'll talk about my second point, which is to surround yourself by like-minded people um, and to surround yourself by supportive people as well. Um, and to reach out to people um, for that support. So it's one thing to, to have supportive friends and family, but if they don't know that you're struggling, they may not be able to offer the, the right level of support so um at the start of the day when i knew i had this session on it's freaking out a little bit so i reached out to to my friends and you know they they just hype me up and they give me the confidence to to, to move forward and, and and progress and you need those people in your life but you need to balance with knowing when to reach out and, and ask for that support as well um and then conversely try to steer away from the people who are negative um who don't make you feel good about yourself or perhaps the activities that you're trying to do to find work and they may say things like are you still looking for work and um sometimes that you know you live with these people they could be family and so you you may not be able to avoid those scenarios um so one way to balance it is to do something fun do something that really lifts your mood to balance it out if, if you can't um i guess always surround yourself with positive people um, but if we go back to the first point, which is around identifying your strengths, you could be your hype person. You could be the one providing yourself with supportive, positive messages through positive self-talk. Um, yeah, so so they're sort of my um, two points. Did you have any yeah. comments or questions in, in relation to Yeah, I, I think, but wouldn't it, you know, this is my perspective when, um, you know, we were talking to one of, um, you know, uh, the public speaking coach from Canada last week, and he talked about the way he prepares his client for public speaking. And, you know, he's very, you know, talented young man. And he says that he gets them onto Zoom and, you know, he asked the, the person to bring the most um, kind of people who will be critical of his or her, uh, you know, speaking skills get them there and then ask them to deliver so that the feedback will be so critical that when he or she goes out to deliver the exact one i think he or she will be okay it's like it's like you you know you you know you practice in such a massively you know tough conditions that when you're out there to play you know you are okay because they those conditions may not be there in the real life 
So coming to that argument, would you would you consider that you know at least some critical feedback because just having positive people around you, you know, you don't want also that your the the mm. message or how you are viewed in the world is also skewed and you are unnecessarily gets your ego inflated or you unnecessarily find, you know what, yeah, everything's hunky-dory, I'm fine, great. And, and then you again start to go and everything comes down, you know, crashing. Or How do you balance that form? Yeah, no, really great point. Um, excellent point. And it kind of leads to me to my next two suggestions, actually. So perfect. Um, so my, my next two points, the first one is to, to do it. So to build confidence, you just need to take action. The first time you do it, you might not be so confident. The next time you do it, you will be maybe a little bit more confident. And you get to a point where it becomes second nature. Um, you know, this this LinkedIn Live session that we're doing, I'm sure your first session versus your session now, it's a different experience for yourself and a different level of confidence that you have. Um, and for many people, they probably can relate to driving. Um, so first time driving to how they drive now, it's autopilot. Um, so you really, building confidence is just going out there and, and, and doing it. And you need to tie that in with being mindful. And so it's not about just being, okay, I'm going to be confident, I'm going to be positive, and that's just going to work for me. It it doesn't, and it probably won't. Um, so we need to be realistic and real in this situation. And so by being mindful, what you do is, or how I suggest to be mindful is, to be honest with your feelings and allow yourself to feel that disappointment, um, that, that discouragement, um, and then to make meaning out of the situation as well. So this is where that positivity comes back into it. So you're not just being positive blindly and for positive sake, but once you've um, allowed yourself to feel your feels, um, you, you then need to allow some time to reflect so you may have sent 80 job applications this week and you have not had one single response. Okay, so does that mean that maybe you need to spend more time doing less applications and being a little bit more tailored with your application? Does your CV actually need to be reviewed and updated? Uh, is applying online not the best way to look for work for you right now? And so that reflection allows you to reassess what you're doing um, and from there, it reframes your way of thinking. So rather than I applied for 80 jobs and I failed and I'm a failure, for example, because no one called me, it becomes a learning opportunity. I applied for 80 jobs. I didn't get a call, not even a call. Um, why is that? So you start to become curious and you, you try to hypothesize and say, well, maybe this job platform is not for me. Maybe... This CV is not working for me and I need to rejig it. And then it gives you different actions to take. Maybe go get some advice from someone who works in the industry. And then that can create and spark um, new momentum and new opportunities for you as well. And so then you, you, you have these ideas and theories and you test them. And then you test them and you continue to take action and you learn. And then you reflect and you refine and you continue. So it allows you to move out of any potential rut um, and any negative self-talk um, and, yeah, really reframes that negative, not confident mindset to, to something that allows you to, to continue to move forward and grow. Um, and that includes uh, yeah. the job search process as well. 
It does. It, it reminds me of a very interesting story. One of my coach and mentor in India and, uh, you know, when, when we used to deliver some sessions, he would, you know, and people would be yawning and you know, disinterested and specifically people who yawn, you know, and I said, hang on, you know, you're listening to me and you're yawning, you know, and he said that nation, you can, you can have a more powerful interpretation or reframe that. I said, how do you do that? He said, just think that they are just not listening through their ears, but they are, they are also absorbing everything through their mouth also and just let it go. And, you know, it was just reframing that. And he said, I never allow myself to be, uh, you know, to, you know, to be taken away uh, by what people are doing. I'm not focused on that. I'm just focused on delivering great uh, presentation and delivering some real value. You might come across with those people, but you have to just quickly find an interpretation or reframe that that works for you. You don't have to worry about anything else. You just have to find that quickly so that you can move on rather than being absolutely distracted by that. And one of the things that I always tell even my job seekers, Fung, is that maybe the right opportunity, this, this wasn't the right opportunity, right? Maybe there's something more powerful, more interesting opportunities are waiting for you. And now it sounds very cliche. Uh, sounds like a parent would tell that kids that don't worry about it. You know, in the next school test, you'll be fine. But but what are some of the other things that you would kind of, you know, reframe or re, you know, yeah, reframe those situations? Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think it comes back to owning and focusing on what you can control. So I guess my final suggestion um, is around reassessing um, and refocusing how you spend your time. So again, the example earlier, if you are spending all of your time and you've put out so many applications through job boards and you're not getting any traction, any feedback, then you may need to reassess how you try to look for work. Um, and I personally don't recommend just looking for jobs on job boards. Um, I think the example you provided earlier of a recruiter saying they've got one job and they've got 300 applications. It could be thousands even. Um, and so the chances of you securing work through that channel is, is quite slim. It's not quite like um, playing the lottery, but, you know, you, you are playing against quite um, long odds. And so one of the things that you can do in terms of reframing or reassessing how you spend your time is to talk to people. How do people find work? And tap into that and allocate your time to do that. Um, I've found work through responding to a LinkedIn post. Um, I've been approached by opportunities through my networks, um, through having networking conversations that then lead to um, an opportunity coming up unexpectedly. I know people who have started a side hustle and then that has developed skills for them that has led to job opportunities. I know people who have hosted LinkedIn live sessions and have been tapped on the shoulder um, for, for job opportunities. So there's so many different ways that we can find work um, that gives us back the control and actually quite enjoyable to do. I know people who have started their own podcast um, and have um, been afforded op job opportunities as a result of that. And, and, you know, they're fun things to do and you're growing, you're learning, you're developing skills. Um, and those activities boost your confidence 
um, as opposed to sort of applying to jobs in a black hole you never hear back. Sort of that that does the opposite, um, and it impacts your your confidence negatively. So, yeah, I, th I think reassess, reframe how you're spending your time. Do things that are fun, um, that may, and it seems counterintuitive to not apply for for jobs when you really want a job, but um, doing all these other activities does create a ripple effect and leads to you to, to where you want to get to, which is to, to secure employment. There's such a, you know, interesting things, you know, you know, Amit, hello, Malti says a lot the interpretation of yawning, you know, try that out. I think that works. Uh, you know, don't try it on your, on your kids because your kids won't respond exactly the same way. At the same time, you know, if you've got questions, we got fun, you know, another 10, 15, if you've got questions, please drop that in. Or if you've got a story, anecdotes that you want to share with us please do that a couple of things on that one of the observation that i have is that obviously job and our identity are linked together and when we lose a job you know we kind of get disconnected with it and we suddenly feel that i'm not an engineer i'm a job seeker i'm not a business analyst but i'm a job seeker right and that in my view is is you know, uh, like it, it shatters the confidence because the I was talking to a graduate uh, engineer and he said, uh, yeah, I'm looking for for a job and said, if you go and talk to somebody, are you going to say you're a job seeker? He said, yeah, that's what I'll say. So you're not a job seeker. You're a mechanical engineer. That's who you are. You are right now looking for an opportunity. That's a separate thing. But you suddenly find that you know, a lot of people, you know, just, you know, just attach everything to just by default. And we find that our self-confidence and everything goes away with the job, while this 10, 15, 20 years of work has got zero value. And I just find that really interesting. Tell us about how do you really, you know, you know, stay confident, uh, you know, and not, you know, like being detached with that job title, but yet you know, remaining confident? Yeah, yeah, really great question. Um, and, and I um, was impacted by COVID and, and lost my position unexpectedly as well. So I feel like I've lived that experience of being so tied to my work and my identity so closely tied to work as well and then having to work through that transition of, you know, who am I and what is my worth and what do I have to offer and how do I get back into the workplace and how do I position myself in the market and communicate my brand and my message, message, etc. So I think you've pointed out something really important, which is around labels um, and the stories we tell about ourselves. And I think it's really important to find a balance between um, what you do and who you are. So what you're doing is looking for work, but you're not um, an unemployed job seeker. Um, you are so many more things um, within the context of work, but also in your personal life as well. So if we bring it back to identifying your strengths and we take it a bit further, it's about building that brand. And so the prospect of looking for work and finding yourself unemployed, it gives you an opportunity to reassess and reflect and really think deeply about those stories and labels and messages. Um, and so if you're focusing on your strengths and then building your brand from there, and so it could encompass, um, you know, I'm a mechanical en engineer who's graduated next year, who has 
um, completed these subjects with this kind of grades and worked on these projects. And so you build out a bit of a story um, of your, your experience and that feeds into your CV profile um, as well. So I think people need to remember that uh, what they do is not who they are. There's a balance between that um, and also recognising to tie in with their strengths um, and their experience and where they want to go as well. So I think a better frame, as you've suggested, is to position that individual as a mechanical engineer as, as opposed to a job seeker because he's leading with where he wants to go. He doesn't want to be a job seeker forever. He wants to become a mechanical engineer. So I think that's a perfect way to sort of frame and, and label. But, yeah, it's just that balance of who you are and what you do sometimes gets blurred. It's such a you know important distinction Fung that you made, you know, and, and we'll take a question of Poonam in a second. One of the one of the uh, thing that a lot of people can do, you know, it's a very you know, I don't know whether that works for everyone or not, but have a, have your own business cards. I don't know. I just found that idea of carrying my business card while I'm looking for work is is very empowering. Because when I hand it over my business card, I'm not handing. I'm not saying that I'm a job seeker. I'm saying that who am I? Mm. Which which carries my resume, a mini resume, on that business card. And when I was looking for work 10, 11 years back, Fung, I created some of them, just 50, 100, just out of curiosity. And it actually carried my mini resume. It had an objective, how to contact me, what are some of the skills and everything else. And I sent it to, whenever I would go out to meet recruiter or to networking, I would give out. And people will just stop there for a second and say, you're a job seeker and you've got a you've got a business card. That's amazing. That just that act of giving my business card was in fact was in a hugely confidence boosting for me. Because mm. it felt like that I'm something. It yeah. felt that I'm I do have a place here. It's not that I because I'm unemployed, I have a place somewhere else. So I still have a place in the in the same community that I'm part of. So that's something that people can actually do something which is a pretty simple hack that i found my for myself at least that it you know it works out we got a question uh from punam um so punam says that as you said which uh with each rejection meals we lose confidence now that's an interesting one how to rebuild or can we fake the confidence that's uh, that's another thing that i wanted to ask is obviously there are two Kind of philosophies around it that you fake it until you make it and you just demonstrates or just manufacture confident you might be you know feeling you know miserable inside but you 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 have a brave face what are your thoughts on that you know you know fun tell me about about some of your observation and you know your experiences around that um, I think the business card, by the way, is, is a great idea and I think a really powerful extension of your brand. A little bit tricky to do in COVID climate, so people need to think about how do they package themselves up in a way where they can represent themselves and feel powerful and positive um, in terms of who they are and, and their, their brand. Um, but to answer your, your question around fake it to make it, I'm very much of that camp and I think that is a, a great way to um, go about job seeking um, and, and, and many things in, in life. I think there is scientific research that backs up um, how you internalise and how you project emotions, ideas, feelings, etc. does become reality. 
Um, so I think with confidence, like the driving example, with anything new that we do, with any change that we experience, it is going to feel weird, it's going to feel difficult, it's going to feel uncomfortable, but the more we do it, the more comfortable we feel, the more confident we feel. So definitely I would say, even if you don't feel confident, to take that action. Um, yeah, so definitely would, would support that. Excellent. Uh, hopefully that answers your question. And um, Malin saying that maybe we are doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. It's the time that we should try something different. That's also pretty good, isn't it? That, you know, confidence, you know, is also about, uh, I, I sometimes I feel even a small success, you know, just, you know, makes a whole lot of difference in everywhere else. Just not about it. The, you know, both of us have gone through agonizing journey of completing assignments and yeah. you would not you'd not uh, you know uh, not be surprised to know that when i finished my last assignment and i submitted that i felt that like my shoulders were feeling very light next day i said we got to go out and celebrate and you know have dinner uh, in outside because i just felt so relieved but that that relaxation also impacted on some other things also. I was more productive on the weekend. I could get so many things done that I wanted to do. So it, it's kind of a domino effect, isn't it? That you've got a confidence, it impacts a lot of other things. Yes, definitely. And I think it's important to celebrate those small wins and to um, sort of harness that positive energy and feed it into other aspects. Um, of your life. So that's why I feel it's important to really um, reassess how you're spending your time and focusing on activities that is going to create positivity for yourself. So then that does have that ripple effect. Um, we haven't touched on it and we, we may shortly, but I'll just sort of bring it to the fore, which is around networking. Um, so if you're not applying, if you're looking for work and you're not applying for jobs online, what, what else can you be doing? Um, for some people, it's not realistic to spend time creating a podcast or whatever it may be or starting a side hustle. But networking is something I feel can be easily done um, that is very effective in terms of securing employment. Um, so I just wanted to touch on that if that's all right. Um, and I guess networking comes in two forms, as I see it. You're networking with known people and you're networking with people that are unknown. Um, and I imagine people who have been looking this year, um, if we've gotten to November now, you would have tapped into your um, known networks uh, to, to a certain extent. It doesn't hurt to continue to check in um, and let people know where you're at. Um, but if we look at um, tapping into unknown networks um, and trying to establish a relationship and maybe gain opportunities through that, the first rule I have is, or suggestion I have is, don't ask for a job. <laughs> and it, again, it may sound counterintuitive, but that I don't think is the purpose of networking. Um, really networking is for you to learn, to gain insights um, and to get information about a particular industry, about a person, about maybe even how they found their job. And through those insights, that's what's going to help you. And those relationships um, may then generate future opportunities um, as well. But that would be my, my first tip. Um, and reaching out to people and asking for help is, is 
not always the easiest thing to do for a lot of people. Um, and so if we go back to what I said earlier, just do it and then see what happens and learn from, from that experience. But if you do connect with someone and they, they want to connect, follow up and tell them how they can help you. If they don't respond, then that's fine. But if you just make a connection, you leave it, then that's, I think, a wasted opportunity. Um, and in my experience and what I've learned in my journey is people who connect with you want to help. There's lovely people out there. And so if you're clear on what you need help with, they will generally respond accordingly. Um, so if you're unclear with the outcome you want to achieve, then you probably won't get a lot of clarity back as well. Um, so they're sort of my suggestions around networking. And if anyone's sort of listening today and, and wants to reach out and connect, um, I'd be happy to. Um, I know the focus for today's conversation is around confidence, but if there's other sort of job search related activities that people want to have a chat to me about, I'm, I'm happy to, to help. Um, so I'll, I'll put that out there. I'm open to networking. Yeah. Oh, that's really good from Dana. Thank you again. And Malti is saying that even we one of the one of the other things that I always tell my clients to do is that while you are looking for work, do something which is more enjoyable for you. Do take a side project. It could just be. I don't know, singing, it could just be playing a sport, it could just be photography, it could just be jogging. Do something which is a side activity for you, which has got nothing, nothing to do with your work. And I've seen what happens is that once you start to do that, you know, it's confidence strength, you know, it actually has a domino effect on it. You know, for example, if you decided that I'm going to be, you know, eating healthy, right, and then you had your first breakfast, healthy breakfast, you may have you may get two three rejection email but but i think that confidence and the satisfaction that you got from doing something more enjoyable will will have a domino effect have you seen that uh, you know kind of thing fun yeah that's something i would definitely recommend as well um it's about managing your energy it's about managing the feelings of positivity versus negativity um in your day in your life so if you have enough positive experience when something negative does happen you are more resilient to it you can take it in your stride it doesn't affect you as much um yeah so i think that's a really great recommendation definitely excellent all right Fung, look you know that's pretty much it for the time today do you want to show the book again so that we can then put the link so so fung has written a book along with her friend called confident coco it's a children's book for building their confidence, but adults can also read that, mind you. You can also get your insights out of it. And we will put a link of this book on our the LinkedIn chat so that you can go by and also you know get connect with Fung. She's absolutely brilliant. She's got 10 years of recruitment experience. Mind you, don't you know, don't give your recruitment um bad experiences to her okay she's not a she's no law she's not a representative of all the recruiters out there okay just to, <laughs> just to let you know on, on on behalf of the industry it's 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 a challenging yeah, it's challenging times and the way everything is set up it makes it very difficult for people to get feedback and yeah. um so i appreciate the the pain points that people are experiencing yeah. 
the book is available on Dimmix and Booktopia, um, Angus and Robinson online. However, we have launched our own website as well, littlemindsets.com. Um, if you do purchase the book directly through us, we are donating um, proceeds of the books, 20% of proceeds of the book to the Indigenous Literacy Foundation. Um, so please buy direct if you can um, to our website. And yeah, if anyone wants to continue the conversation about confidence, if they're having a tough time trying to look for work, I'm happy to share my experience. I'm happy to have a chat to listen to see if I can um, provide some uh, more specific and maybe helpful ideas. Excellent. So Malti is saying the last comment is doesn't diverting one's energy towards something else change the whole focus for your goal? We are not asking you to divert the the energy at all. What we are asking is to distribute the energy, is to have something which is also more meaningful. I'm pretty sure that you can look for work from nine to five. After five to next day morning, you know, you still have got a lot of time to do. It could just be one activity you know that you will enjoy doing it could be walking your dog it could be singing it could be pursuing photography it could be any hobby side project that is not related to the work and you will see the difference i've seen the difference in myself and my clients and you'll see the difference as well so fun again thank you very much for joining us it's been absolutely fascinating we got a feedback that that was a very engaging session thanks fung and naisha thank you malti amit punam and everybody else who joined us today and uh tomorrow we are taking a break so me and caroline won't be coming to your linkedin so tomorrow is a break so me and caroline won't be here tomorrow we will be come back, coming back to your linkedin screen on wednesday and Wednesday, we are talking to Gautam Mishra. He's the founder of Inkle, spells I-N-K-L. It's a fascinating startup. And we want to talk to Gautam about his transition from a successful corporate career to startup and how did he manage that. So if you are out there currently looking at you know, becoming an entrepreneur or starting something on your own, don't miss Wednesday's session because Gautam has got heaps of, you know, heaps of insight into how did he make that transition. Thank you again, Fung. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Good to see you, Nesh. Excellent. So see you later, everyone, and have a great rest of the evening. We'll see you on Wednesday. Bye now. See. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Your Career Down Under show. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to know more about how Your Career Down Under can help you, please reach out to us on www.yourcareerdownunder.com.au And if you have got a question about today's episode or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic, please reach out to us. We would love to do that. Until next time, be well.